You must love what is, whatever it is, whatever the situation, whatever is going on, you must love it because it is. It's happening. And hating it or being upset with it or wanting it to be different will not make it so. There's another saying I come to often, which is the only way out is through. That means when you're dragging your feet, complaining or sad or whatever else about a situation, it's like trying to swim upstream against a current. Wanting things to be different than they are is the ultimate waste of energy. Instead, you must, like Byron Katie says, love what is. Love things just as they are. The Happy Healthy Human podcast will help you build your happy, healthy life. Your host, Paul Levitin, is a board-licensed health and wellness coach, nutrition coach, personal trainer, and behavior change specialist with over 10 years of experience helping people create positive life change. Each week, he discusses topics that will help you understand yourself, why you do the things you do, and how to take steps to create the life of your dreams. He talks with experts from therapists to addictions counselors, coaches, trainers, CEOs, financial planners, and more. If you've ever wondered how can you become the best, happiest, healthiest version of yourself, you've come to the right place. I am not a very religious person. For those who don't know, I am Jewish. Both of my parents are Jewish, and I was raised fully Jewish. However, it's more Jewish, you know, heavy on the ish. I was raised in Brooklyn, New York as a very reformed Jew, which means I went to a reformed temple when I was young. I learned a few prayers, I learned about the religion, and I had my bar mitzvah when I was 13. And after that, my parents basically left the ball in my court. They told me that it was up to me if I wanted to continue to go to temple and up to me how involved I wanted to be in the faith. And I promptly decided that, no, it wasn't for me. And from there on began the rest of my life as, I don't know what I would really call myself now. Atheist, maybe? Agnostic, I suppose? I, mean, I still do consider myself Jewish, in the sense that I am a Jew and the culture of the Jewish people and my ancestral roots and those things are very important to me. But I don't particularly believe in or care for any one true organized religion. Because the concept of organized religion never quite sat right with me. And that feeling has only gotten stronger as I've gotten older and learned and studied and developed more as an adult. What I don't like about organized religion is really the concept of God. I, I find it truly hard to wrap my head around the idea that there is some high omnipotent being that, for whatever reason, cares about me or what I do, if I pray or if I sin or whatever else. It's just a bridge that's too far to cross for me. I do believe in the universe and that the universe is hugely vast and infinite and that something had to have started somewhere somehow and that there are things beyond our understanding and beyond our control and no one knows 
where we come from or what it means or any of these answers. Again, I'm just doubtful that whatever that power is cares if I keep kosher or it's deciding my fate based on whether I celebrate Hanukkah or Christmas or Ramadan. But this isn't about religion or what I don't like about it. Because in fact, there's a lot that I do like about religion. Because I understand religion and why it exists and what it has done. For most of human history, religion was extremely necessary. Some, to some people, it was a necessary evil, or some people will argue that it was a necessary good and it has infinite benefits. And that is a decision that you can make on your own. Because it's easy to be jaded about religion now in the year 2023, where we have the gift of literal unlimited knowledge and information. There are no questions that you can't have answered in less than one second by your phone. But for thousands of years leading up to this, there was a lot that we didn't know or understand. Religion was a way to bring order to the chaos and to try to answer some of those questions about life and earth and humanity that humans at the time simply could not answer. And yes, it's true that in those times, some people used religion to harm others and great atrocities have been undertaken in the name of religion over the years. A lot can be said about the harm that religion has caused. But to say that it has only done harm would be an egregious error. You know, there's a lot of good that religion has done. And what I do like about the various religions all of the major religions is what they have in common because for all of the squabbling and conflict and literal wars throughout the years that have been fought in the name of religion most major religions are actually much more similar than they are different they have a lot more in common than they have different than each other i mean all major religions preach love they talk about togetherness forgiveness succumbing to a higher power. These are all values and virtues that, regardless of religion, I can get behind 100%. The disconnect to me is just, what does any of this have to do with a god? To me, forgiveness, togetherness, love, family, these are just things that we should be emphasizing because they are the right things to do, period. I don't want to live a virtuous life because of what might happen to me in the afterlife. I want to live now because this is my life. This is the only one I get. And when we take God out of religion, what you're really left with is just more of a philosophy. And philosophy is something I'm much more interested in than religion. I've studied a lot of Buddhism. And a lot of what I talk about on this show and what I teach about stems from Buddhist teachings. Not in a religious way, but again, in the Buddhist philosophy. And another school of philosophic thought that has been greatly influential in my personal and professional life is Stoicism. I was first introduced to Stoicism by Ryan Holiday. If you don't know... Ryan Holiday is the prolific, and I don't use that word lightly, truly prolific author 
of a series of books on Stoicism, including The Obstacle is the Way, Ego is the Enemy, The Daily Stoic, and a handful more. And I've read a lot of his books, and I'm not being facetious when I say that these books changed my life. Because the holiday books then introduced me to other books like Meditations by Marcus Aurelius or On the Shortness of Life by Seneca. And these were great Stoic philosophy teaching books that have lasted the test of time for thousands and thousands of years. And what I like most about Stoicism is that it focuses on us, on the humans, focuses on you, the individual. It's not about God or the afterlife or angels or hell or anything like that. It is about the human experience and living the best possible life here and now because that's what we're supposed to do. And this is very akin to Buddhism and the other parts of the major religions that I do like. So when you start to zoom out and look at the philosophical lessons that many of these different religions and schools teach, you see a lot of overlap with everything. And that's for good reason. It's because the right thing is the right thing. It doesn't matter if it's Asia, Greece, or South America. It doesn't matter if it's black people, white people, brown people, or anything else. When it all shakes out, somehow, some way, people will figure out what really matters. The self. Focusing on controlling ourselves. What we can control. Us. Since so much of this wild life is outside of our control. And it's no coincidence that this is the same stuff that I talk about on this podcast week after week. Not that this is a religious show or even a philosophical one. It's more like all of the important stuff transcends everything. What's real is what's real. And what's important is what's important. With all of these big religions and philosophies, they're generally saying much of the same things. And in the last decade or two, especially thanks to Ryan Holiday, Stoicism has had a great resurgence. And I think that it's really helping drive people towards understanding and living a more enlightened life. So... Again, I've read a lot of Stoicism, and while I'm reading through these things, I like to take note of some of the sayings that they stand out that stand out to me. Because the ancient Stoic texts, Marcus Aurelius, and things like that, were actually written in Latin, and they've obviously been translated to English. But Latin was the major language of the time, and sometimes they'll have short little Latin quotes that I like to remember as guiding lights for my own personal philosophy. So today I want to discuss with you three of my favorite Stoic phrases and their importance and why I allow them to guide me in my own personal journey. So the first Stoic saying is memento mori, which translates to remember that you will die. And this quote actually comes directly from the book Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. If you don't know who Marcus Aurelius is, he was one of the great emperors of ancient Rome. And his book Meditations was actually his diary. It wasn't a book that he wrote to be read by others, 
but actually his own personal musings that he was writing to himself to ponder on daily and become a better person. And eventually when he died and hundreds of years later, that, was, that book was published and is now a famous book of philosophy. But back then, it was just for him. And remember that as the emperor of Rome, Marcus Aurelius was the most powerful man on the planet. He was as close to a god as any person could be. He literally had direct control over the life and death of any person alive. He could literally do anything at any time. And as another famous saying goes, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And we see that today, but it was even more so hundreds and thousands of years ago when kings and emperors were the norm. So to many of his subjects, Marcus Aurelius literally was a god. But he knew the fact that he was not. No matter what political or literal power he wielded, he was still just a man, and all men and women die. So Marcus wrote Memento Mori as a reminder that he too would die, to keep himself from getting too high on his power. But the saying also had another meaning. It wasn't just to keep him humble. It was also to remind him to live each day to the fullest. You know, kids today will say YOLO, but long before that, there was memento mori, a reminder that we are not promised anything in this life, least of all, more time. This doesn't mean to go out and be reckless. It's the opposite. To me, it represents a responsibility to take each day seriously. You, I, every one of us is meant to live life, not just coast through it. So each day, remember that you will die and let that inform your decisions. And while it might seem a little grim, the truth is still the truth. You have to accept that, no matter what. And that brings me to my second favorite Stoic saying, Amor Fati, which means a love of fate. This is the Stoic reminder that life is going to be what it is going to be. Fate decides, not you, not me. And that's fine. That is how it's supposed to be. We must not only accept our fate, we have to love it. These Stoic philosophies are, again, common in all religions and other teachings. We see the same lessons repeated over and over in various schools over the decades. Byron Katie is a spiritual teacher who teaches what she calls the work. And the main point of the work, which has helped hundreds of thousands of people around the world and is lauded by many of the most successful business people and thinkers that you know, the work is about acceptance, radical acceptance of what is, or as Byron Katie calls it, loving what is, which is actually the name of the book that she wrote. Definitely recommend checking it out. You must love what is, whatever it is, whatever the situation, whatever is going on, you must love it because it is. It's happening, and hating it or being upset with it or wanting it to be different will not make it so. There's another saying I come to often, which is, the only way out is through. That means when you're dragging your feet, complaining or sad or whatever else about a situation, it's like trying to swim upstream against a current. Wanting things to be different than they are is the ultimate waste of energy. Instead, you must, like Byron Katie says, love what is. 
love things just as they are, and then you can change them going forward, or maybe not. But accepting and loving reality is the first step. Amor fate, a love of fate. But you can ask, how can you love all things? How can you be expected to love getting into a car accident, or getting cancer, or getting broken up with, or losing your job? The answer is because you must, because there is no other option. If you got into an accident, or got dumped, or lost all your money in a stock market, wanting those things not to be do not change the fact that they are. Once it's happened, your only choice is whether to accept it and love it, or begrudgingly dig in and hope for things to be different than they are. And things can only be one way. Everything is only how it is. Nothing can ever be another way. So wanting things to be different than they are, at least in the current moment, is always a losing battle. You can change things in the future, and you can love that too. But you should always be accepting and loving of exactly the way things are in this moment. That is the path to true enlightenment and happiness. Do not fight reality. Love your life. Love fate. Love life. Accept things as they are. And that's a lot of talk. And it all sounds lovely. But in reality, you know, and I know, that it's not that easy. And that's why Byron Katie calls it the work. Because it is work. This stuff does not just happen by accident. And that's why I'm here talking about it right now. And that leads me to the third quote that I try to live by, which is, Acta non verba. Acta non verba, which means deeds, not words. And this wraps it all up in a nice, neat little bow. Because the Stoics knew, and they taught, just like Jesus taught, just like Judaism teaches, just like the Buddha taught, just like your teachers taught you, and like you'll teach your kids, it's about what you do, not what you say. Words are silent. But actions speak volumes. And we all know this inherently, but we also easily forget. Especially in the world of social media, where it's so easy to get sucked into posturing and faking and living for a quick photo or video where a highlight of a second of a day is posted and you pretend like everything is good and life is amazing, but it's not actually representative of your real life. You know, especially in a world where you're surrounded by instant gratification and infinite distractions, and it's so easy to numb and placate yourself so that you don't actually have to think about the actions you aren't taking. This is why it's so important that I speak about these things. These are the things that we know, and yet we still struggle with. You know, I've spoken about this before. The phrase, easier said than done, comes to mind. And that's always the case. Everything is easier said than done. It's easier to talk about action than it is to actually take action. And this is what the Stoics were trying to remind themselves. And this is what I'm trying to remind you. Without action, nothing matters. All of my talking here on this show for nearly 200 episodes is wasted if it doesn't get you to get up and take action. All of the wanting, the hoping, the dreaming, the caring, none of it matters if you aren't doing. It doesn't matter what it is doesn't matter what you want. doesn't matter what you're after. The only way out is through. The only way to get there is to act. So, memento mori. Remember that you will die. For better or for worse, your time is limited. You are promised nothing. You deserve nothing. Make with this short time that you have 
what you will because that's all you get. Amor fate, love your fate. Again, for better or worse, you are where you are. We make plans and the universe laughs. Loving your fate does not mean you cannot change it in the future. It just means that you are accepting the reality of where you are now. But if you do want to change, acta non verba, deeds, not words. You have to act. You have to move. You can't just talk about it. You have to be about it. This is stoic wisdom from over 2,000 years ago, and all of it holds just as true today as it did back when it was written. Because human nature is human nature. This transcends time and religion and location. It's simply the truth. You can try to disregard it. You can try to think you're smarter than the ancient wisdom and that you can do things differently. Or you can remember that you will die, love your fate, and take action. That's up to you. That's all for this week. Be sure to subscribe and follow the show so you don't miss a beat. Support the show by sending this episode to a friend or leaving a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Stay happy, stay healthy.